among millions and millions of people. You are now tuned in to the Cyclones Podcast, where we focus on youth and high school basketball in and around Central Kentucky with interviews and basketball commentary from coaches, players, and basketball minds. And I'm your host, Coach Malik. Welcome to the Cyclones Podcast, where we cover youth and high school basketball in and around Central Kentucky. I'm Coach Malik, and this is episode number six. For all my returning subscribers, thanks for being a part of the Cyclone Nation. And if you're new here, please subscribe. And also, please leave a comment, review, or feedback. On the show today, we have Owen County Assistant Girls Basketball Coach Christina Coleman Perkins, better known as CJ. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, I would also like to add that Ms. Coleman Perkins is also the newest member of the Cyclones coaching staff as well. She just hasn't had the chance to make her debut yet. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yeah. I was pretty pumped about that. I think we all were. Um for me, I had to I had to kind of take a couple of days to to kind of let it digest because like we said, I was so amped up and it was just like, yeah, you gotta sit down and chill and relax and just let this pass. <laughs> So mm-hmm. let, let me ask you this. How are you handling the COVID situation in regards to um, your family and, and things like that? Well, in my household, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I actually work in public health. So I have been reporting to work every day, um, almost seven days a week for the past six weeks. So for me, it's been a little bit different. I've actually stayed busy, thank goodness, because if I hadn't I think the whole no basketball thing would have been a lot harder on myself and um, my husband, Jared, who obviously coaches with us um, and he is considered an essential employee, I guess he makes still. So he's been reporting to work every day too. Um, The time off when we do have it together, I mean, we've just been doing our best to get outdoors, go to the golf course, go fishing, stay busy because no basketball is definitely a change of pace in our household because we both coach and it, you know, runs our life when it is in season. Right. Um, and, and I know that for you, you're an outdoors person. When I was, mm-hmm. I talked to you before, I know you like to do the outdoor thing, but I know that's a good thing for um, individuals who are in this situation. If you are more of an outdoors type and you can kind of get out away from people and kind of still do or enjoy yourself a little. Yeah. So we have spent countless um, days outside when it's not raining, of course, because April brought a lot of rain, but it's just good to enjoy fresh air and get your mind off stuff and take a break from media and social media. And it's actually been a good time to get closer with family, honestly. Yeah, I, I would, I would definitely agree. So CJ, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you've already said, um, I am an outdoors person. I, uh, me and my husband, Jared, live on our farm in Owenton. We were both born and raised in Owenton, and I cannot believe I ended back in Owen County, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, we both coach girls basketball 
this is my fifth season, his fourth season. Um, we both played at Owen County, and um, we are just, we live a simple life pretty much. You know, basketball is um, our way to give back to our community because the sports programs here gave so much to us um, and just living the best life. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me how you got into coaching and kind of give us a path to the position that you're in now. So after graduation, um, first of all, I never knew how much I would miss basketball. Let's just put that out there for all these kids who are still in high school. You enjoy every single moment because it goes by so fast and you would do anything to put your shoes back on, lace them up and play another game. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> um, so after graduation, you know, each summer I would come back and help Bob Osborne, who was my head coach, you know, just scrimmaging and stuff, you know, just open gyms and kind of helping them have numbers. And when we used to have alumni games, you know, I'd play in every single alumni game. And um, his right before his last season, he approached me and kind of just put it out there like, you have, you know, you have what it takes to be a coach. Would you be interested? I had just moved back to Owenton and he kind of gave, sent me that olive branch and I was like, let's do it. Let's just see. Cause I was still young. I mean, five years ago still makes, made me young. And, um, Amy, our head coach now was on maternity leave. So he really didn't have that second person. Uh, so he introduced me to the coaching world and I've never looked back. Well, good. And now, now let me, let me ask you this, um, because you had mentioned earlier that you and your husband, were um coaching with the lady rebels now was this by design or was just by happenstance that it happened that way um well <laughs> jared is it's it's funny because amy actually had mentioned it to jared years before bob had asked me and when i started coaching we never saw each other so he was already interested in the game. He brings a completely different demeanor to, to our team. And so I just think Amy knew that having us both would make the, you know, all three of us together makes the perfect combination. So by design a little bit, um, by chance. So right. <laughs> now, now, what would you say your role is for the program within your title of assistant coach? So, um, a lot of the kids might consider me to be, uh, I don't know, the more, the most relatable because I feel like I'm the only one who's actually been in their shoes um, as far as like playing girls basketball at this high school for Amy. So it's kind of funny that um, we can relate on that basis, but I try to focus more on the individual level. Whereas, you know, the head coach has to be very concerned with all the behind the scenes work, the X's and O's, you know, all the paperwork, all the scheduling, all of that. I get to focus more on um, individual skills. And I mean, that goes beyond ball handling, shooting and passing. I mean, it goes into like, what is each player's strengths right now and how to put them in positions that will maximize their strength and, and help our team as a whole. And then also, you know, being able to identify potential and the most like unexpected players, because I felt like that was me. It didn't come naturally to me. Like I had to work really hard to be average. So I think that I'm able to recognize that early on. 
and not give up on the kids who might not develop until their juniors, which, you know, is kind of unheard of these days. But in a small community, you have to have all those kids. You have to have the ones that's been playing since they were five, and you have to have the ones that just started playing in seventh grade. I think that's why I really was interested in you coming on board with the Cyclones because that's our mentality. Um, we're not giving up on a kid until they graduate. If they still have eligibility to play high school basketball, we feel like that they still can get better. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think just based on what you said, that's our philosophies match in regards to that. And that's why I thought you would be a great, great fit for us. And hopefully one day soon we're going to find out if it's a good fit. Yes, we will. Yes. We will. <laughs> so I, I sat down with um, Coach um, Weisselman, and you brought her name up, Amy, last week. And she gave me her over, overview of the season. So let me ask you your thoughts. Um How did you feel the season went and kind of give me your mind state moving into next year? This season was, um, it was awesome. I think that we saw so much growth, so much growth in our individual players. We had, you know, essentially two varsity players coming back and the rest of them picked up where we had graduated three seniors the year before. So on an individual basis, their skills have in, improved so much. And I think that that's what helped us, you know, weather the storms against bigger teams is that we had just drilled skill so much in the off season so that that experience that we were lacking didn't keep us from being successful. And I think that overall, I'm so happy with our season. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm grateful for the season. You know, now we know not to take anything for granted. Um, but moving forward, I think what we we are going to have to work on is like team growth and team improvement because you have to be able to have, you know, five, six, seven people who are confident and, you know, can play through with those teams, with, you know, the teams that gave us trouble last year. And we have to be able to build our bench. And that's what I'm looking forward to do. I mean, as the JV coach, that's, you know, what your goal is to be able to develop the younger kids to be the bench for the starting five. And so that's that's what I see. I mean, I'm super happy with how things turned out with our record, with, you know, getting that first win in the regional tournament. Those were all really good accolades. But um, my sights are set on something a little bit bigger for next year. And, and, and you would be remiss if there wasn't because, you know, like Coach Amy said in her interview, yeah, it was great winning that um, one game in the region and moving kind of past prior expectations. But, you know, y'all looking for that gold and that gold is rub you you know so um we had texted back and forth a few weeks ago and you were watching a lot of game film so Mm -hmm. tell me in in that those sessions what stood out to you the most uh about the team this season I think that even though um we did improve a lot individually it was we have a couple kids who can create their own shot and who are confident with that basketball in their hands at all times. And, you know, they're going to the rim or they're scoring around the rim and it doesn't matter. Um, we do have some trouble with, and it's timidness and that's to be expected in your first year on the varsity floor. I mean, you, you've got to, you know, get back on the horse and keep riding because you've never done it before. So when you get bucked off, it's like, Oh crap, you know, this is a bigger 
this is a bigger scale. This is harder competition, but individually just being confident with the basketball and being able to score through traffic, being able to make decisions. Um, I've always preached that timidness equals turnovers, Mm. um, especially to my young kids because they're scared to death. And I just, I wish I could have taken that away from me. So I want them to learn from my, my mistakes, you know, be confident. There is nothing to be afraid of. Like those girls put their shoes on just like you do. And being able to own those moments on the floor and being able to score. We have to have um, multiple people that can score and multiple people that can create their own shot. I know that I'm sure many listeners will be watching The Last Dance. And um, there's a philosophy in there about the triangle offense and how, you know, MJ was experiencing, you know, some hardships with people just knocking him down, not letting him get to the rim. You know, you stop him, you stop the Bulls until they implemented the triangle offense where everyone was involved, you know, like it was penetrate kick to the open shooter. And that's kind of what we have to do is that we have to have all five people engaged at all times to move to the next level. And and I think the average person doesn't take into consideration um, the time that it takes not only to, to bond a basketball team, but to grow those individual skills and, and to really give kids, uh, basketball IQs that are working for a varsity game because I'm telling you right now and I don't think people will argue with me freshman basketball is not varsity basketball JV basketball is not varsity basketball and that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean so um and also I'm gonna tell you what's time consuming as well is watching that film scouting mm-hmm. opponents all the things that you do as an assistant coach takes mm-hmm. up a lot of time. So the question I have for you, how do you balance those time requirements with working a full-time job? Yeah. Um, it's an art <laughs> to be able to do it all. Uh, I know but, it. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Um, I think that you just have to make a schedule. So obviously, you know, practices in, you know, in concrete before the season starts. And we know when, you know, those timeframes are going to be. And I have to obviously, like, basketball doesn't pay the bills, unfortunately. So my job has to come first. However, I have amazing bosses who have let me, during basketball season, make my schedule to fit coaching schedules. So that has been a huge blessing that I can be off at 3 o'clock and be at the gym and get through practice and then go home and watch film. Um, if you follow me on social media, you might have noticed a few months ago, uh, Jared bought a TV, big screen TV for our room um, so that we can sit there, you know, after we're exhausted after a game or late practice or whatever and break down film from our phone hooked to the TV. So Mm -hmm. that's been really helpful is just being able to sit there decompress after a day, whether it's stressful from practice, stressful from a game and break down that film off of huddle. it's a lot of balance, but you learn what's priority in your life. And we've made a commitment that basketball is one of our priorities. So it works. Right. And, and I feel the same way because um, even though I make zero salary when it comes to basketball, um, that's still my priority. And, and speaking of full-time jobs, tell us what your career outside of coaching is and what does it entail? So I kind of, previewed this earlier, but I work in public health. So before the COVID-19 situation, um, I spent a lot of time doing community health assessments. So 
mapping out what the health of our communities looks like, um, finding needs for people, whether it's something as little as like sidewalk um, safety, complete sidewalks to be able to walk to school, walk to the library, walk to the store, whatever, up to, you know, public health policy, like the Tobacco 21 policy that was just passed, you know, this past year. Um, we advocate for public policy. We make community health improvement plans. Um, we also do, I, I'm also our public information officer. So I do a lot of communication, engagement with the public, informing them of whatever it is that's going on currently. That would be COVID-19. So my work has been responding to that in our communities for about six weeks and just keeping the public protected, engaged, educated. Those are all goals that we have at the health department. Now, I, I know in following you on social media that you, you travel kind of a lot. Now, is that related to your um, job here or do you have extra things that you put on the board in regards to the your travel? Um, most of it is related to work. Um, it's a running joke with our head coach, Amy Wesselman, <laughs> that if any of the girls want to travel in their future career to get into public health, <laughs> But um, public health is like a strange creature and that it's always changing, especially when you're in the public policy side of it. So we're able to travel to trainings and conferences um, to learn more about how to adapt with like our ever changing environments um, at work at home, you know, and working with schools and all of our other community members. So I do get to travel a lot um, with work. But outside of work, I make every opportunity to be able to travel as well. So that's one of my hobbies, and it's, and it's an expensive one. Yeah, I can imagine. So so let me ask you this, Coach. At this point, what would you say your career goal is as a coach? Well, um, if, you, if you know anything about Bob Osborne, he um, put a lot of time into Owen County girls basketball. And, you know, when he introduced me to it, he said, you know, now you know the addiction of coaching. And it's very true. Um, it's a lot more than, you know, game situations. And that's what the public sees. They see, you know, us yelling, acting crazy on the sidelines, whereas it's so much deeper than that. And that's what's kept me engaged in all of this. I would love to be the head coach one day. Amy knows that. Um, and she wouldn't expect anything less. I don't think, you know, two people who love our community as much as me and Jared do, we would love to one of us um, be the head coach. And if it's him, that's fine. I just, I want to be at Owen County. Um, and I've had people ask me otherwise, like, would you go here? Would you go there? And it's, it's not the same. Like I'm lo loving the opportunity of getting to coach the Cyclones because it does get me out of Owen County and get me engaged with other kids because kids are kids. Like it does, you don't have to be from Owen County for me to love you and want to help you and work with you. That's right. But there's, there's something special about this place. It, it helped build me uh, or build me to who I am today. And so I want to be able to do that, you know, for girls to come through this program. So I hope, I hope one day, I'm able to do that um, here. If not, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I could go somewhere else, but I do love Owen County. <laughs> I, I love, I tend to be an adopted child of Owen County these days. So I love Owen County too. So let me say that. <laughs> That's good. Now, I, I know, I know what motivates me to coach, but I'm always curious as to other coaches. 
So, mm-hmm. so tell me, what motivates you to coach and continue to grow as a coach? Uh, well, I am a very competitive person, and I think that's an attribute that people don't um, acknowledge enough or like respect enough because you know competitiveness can get sometimes out of hand, but it's got me a lot of places in life, you know, in school, in college, you know, that self-discipline in college, you know, to get through classes, to do it all on your own, that it's that competitive competitiveness that kept me going, you know, through adversity. And I think even in the professional life, um, competitiveness here, you know, just being able to motivate yourself, because if you can't do that, there's not always going to be that somebody behind you pushing you. And I want to instill that into our players like there are things outside of you know playing the game that you're going to learn through our program that's going to help you in years to come and I think that 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 competitiveness is what motivates me to continue continuously get better and never settle like I feel like if you think there's nothing more to learn than you are so wrong in life I mean you are learning every single day you know trying to get better every single day and just work for perfection. It's never going to get, you're never going to get there, but just work every day to become a better person than you were yesterday. That's not just in basketball in my whole life. That's just, I don't know. I guess it's just something that my parents instilled in me. Yes. And and that's what um, I think impressed me the most when you, when we talked about you coming on with the Cyclones, you were, you know, you wasn't even um, bashful about saying, you know, I want to learn. I want to learn different stuff. I want to learn new stuff. And for me, that's refreshing because, you know, we're in an industry where there's a lot of trainers, coaches, et cetera, and they seem to know everything. So mm-hmm. and I'm just one of those individuals that I'm a perpetual learner myself. So um, it, it's always refreshing to see someone young really want to go through the rope, so to speak, instead of jumping over those steps, you, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I commend you for that. So. So let me ask you, in that process of growth, who has been that role model or that person that has influenced you the most? Now, we let's do this from two sides. Okay. Let, let's do this from a personal side, and let's do this from a basketball side as well. Okay. That's very hard. I mean, and I hate to say that, but I've had a lot of people in my life who I've been very fortunate with very supportive, a very supportive family personally. Um but I'm going to have to narrow it down to my grandfather. He was, you know, a super hardworking guy. You know, he worked five days a week, would come home, do work around the house. He took care of his family. Um, he was a welcomer. So like he never met a stranger. It didn't matter your background or your ethnicity or whatever. He was a welcomer and a comforter and he included everyone. And I love that about him. It's not just that he was hardworking is that he was an includer. And that's something that I've always strived to love others no matter what. And um, as far as basketball goes, he actually is someone who pushed me that way. You know, my family had no background in sports. My parents weren't athletes. My siblings weren't athletes. So it's kind of funny how I ended up here. (laughs) Um, But my grandfather used to take me to our local, you know, family life center and um, tie my right hand behind my back and make me dribble the lines of the basketball court with my left hand. Mm. And, and that just kind of got me engaged like that. I don't, it just kind of sparked something in me that's never died out. 
Um, but from a coaching and a player standpoint, I'm going to have to say, Bob, I think everyone knows my relationship that I have with, um, with Coach Osborne as a player, um, as a kid. I mean, I grew up in the church that he went to. And um, as a coach, I mean, he just let the reins free whenever I started coaching. And he, you know, let me do my thing and let me learn on my own. And then afterwards, you know, would kind of be critical in a very comforting way, like, Maybe he could have done this, maybe he could have done that, but he wanted me to be able to learn on his on my own because you know he knew he was retiring and he wanted to be able to me to be able to get everything out of that first season with him that I could. And um, I owe a lot to him um, as a player. He believed in me when I was the least talented kid. I mean, not saying the least talented kid on the floor. And as a coach, he pushed me as the youngest coach, you know, in our region. So. I'm very thankful for both of those men. Yes, and, and let me say, um, Mr. Osborne, rest in peace. And if mm-hmm. anyone listening um, is not familiar with that name, Bob Osborne was the coach of the Owen County Lady Rebels for 25? Well, head coach, yes, but he coached for 37 years Thir- altogether. 37 years total, mm-hmm. so yes. Um, so let me, let me ask you this. Um, what has been the most rewarding thing about coaching for you in your young career. And and I know there's going to be a, a lot more things that come, but, mm-hmm. but just thus far, what's been the most rewarding thing? Um, the relationships that I have with our players. Um, I'm a very emotional person, so I'm gonna have to dial myself back here because every time I see or I talk to, especially now not being able to see them, shoo, it's, it's been tough because our players have amazing families and they have great parents, but they are like my second children. They're, I'm like their second mom. They are like my kids. And I mean, I joke at our basketball banquets every year, like, Jerry and I don't have kids because we have 15 sit in front of us. And I know it's not the same, but you wouldn't imagine the amount of worry and the amount that I think about those girls, you know, every single day. And that's been the most rewarding, just knowing that no matter what, they have one person they can trust moving forward. Like, you know, there's some things you're not comfortable talking to your parents about, or there's, you know, situations in which you want a trusted adult to talk to some, to talk about something with. And I want to be that person, you know, 10 years down the road, four years down the road, wherever they are in life, they know that they have CJ and that I will love them no matter what and be there for them no matter what. And that's the most rewarding thing. They put smiles on my faces every time I see them. And you know, I could have the worst day ever, you know, at work or wherever. And I walk into that gym and it all, you know, fades away. And and when we had Coach Weisselman here, me and her had the, basically the same conversation in regards to that. And we both were, had come to the conclusion. It's those relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes bigger than X's and O's. It becomes bigger than uh, help side defense. You know, it's about when those kids leave um, the feeling you get when they're reaching back out, when they're home from school, they're calling a check on coach, you're calling a check on them. That is the beauty of coaching basketball. With that being said, we're right there talking about the kids. Let's look forward a little bit. And and I know this is going to be, um, I, I know it's going to be difficult, but I know it's going to be abnormal in regards to y'all's preparation for next year. Mm-hmm. But let, let, let's look forward as much as we can. Give me, give me some expectations from Coach Perkins, from CJ, in regards to um, what y'all might be capable of going into next season. 
So I might be, you know, the most relaxed coach at some times. Actually, they would argue that's Jared, but I'm also sometimes the most critical. And I think that comes from being able to step back and see things at an individual level. Cause I'm not involved. Like I said, Amy has her hands full with, um, Amy has her hands full with all of the, um, X's and O's and, you know, all of the paperwork and all the red tape and all that craziness. And so I think sometimes in a game situation, I'm able to step back and since I'm not worried about all that stuff, see what's going on and see their interactions on the floor. And my expectations are maybe a little bit more critical because I see potential in every single kid that I wish they could see in themselves. And in order to reach that potential, we can't do the same things that we've been doing. And what we've done has been very successful in getting us to where we, we are right now. But moving forward, we're going to have to do something different. And I think that if you follow me, you see that I've posted about how important practice is. Games are, games are great. The games are fun. They kind of level you're able to measure where you are as a team, but practice is your classroom. Practice is where you get better. Practice is where you focus and you can change stuff. You can't blow the whistle in the middle of a game and change something that you're doing wrong. That's got to come in the classroom. And so my expectation is that if we want to, you know, reach that goal, if we want to make it to Rupp, we're going to have to take that practice time even that much more seriously. We're going to have to work on the things that are uncomfortable because when you get uncomfortable, you start to make a change and that's where growth happens. And so I do have an expectation. I mean, if we could have weathered the storm in that last game in the regional tournament, if we had a deeper bench, we could have, that outcome could have, could have been different. You know, we played a great first half and we were dead at halftime because we had five or six kids that we can, we can depend upon. But guess what? We're going to have to have eight or nine. And I think we have those kids. I really do. And I've told the kids that. I've told them that I have, I've been watching the last dance, like I've said, and there's, there is a Dennis Rodman on our team. I won't call out that person, but there is one. And she could be a complete game changer and doing the little things. And, and that's what matters is like, I don't expect every single person to get double digit points. I expect, you know, effort and toughness and good defense. My goodness. He is like the best defender I've ever watched, but having a lockdown defender is just as good as having, you know, double digit points, having someone getting 20 rebounds, 15 rebounds is just as good as double digit points. And those are the things that are less glamorized, but are just as important in my mind. So having five kids who are willing to do anything to get all those aspects out on the court, you know, scoring, rebounding, defense, effort, and just toughness. I mean, we could do dangerous things if we get all that together. And, and, and I, I'm going to be one to say that I look for um, y'all to make a strong showing, um, not just in the district this year, next year, but tr getting out of that region. Um, and, and we've made mention a couple of times to the last dance, the uh, Chicago Bulls documentary that's now streaming on ESPN. And there's a lot to be learned from greatness. So um, let, let's take a step back. Michael wasn't doing it well by himself in regards to them moving forward so they changed up same thing you just said in regards to the lady rebels what y'all have done thus far has worked to get y'all to this point now how do we get past this point mm -hmm. might have to change some things up which is which is not a bad thing which is a good mm -hmm. thing sometimes because that shows growth not only on from the 
um, girls' perspective on the team, but also from the staff's perspective. And, and, and also, you brought up um, the practice setting. Well, and, and you've been around me. You've been in my practice settings. You've been a part of my practice settings. People ask me, man, why you take that practice so serious? Well, let me tell you why I take it so serious. Grab uh, a player like Gracie Ferguson. Grab a player like Natalie Smith. Grab mm-hmm. players like that that have come through the Cyclones program that have had to be kind of um, reprogrammed in regards to work ethic, in regards to, hey, this is not a time for playing around. Treat me like I'm your teacher in school. That's what I tell all my players. Treat me like I'm your teacher in school. Now, if you go to school and you cut up and you act silly, you're probably not going to like Coach Malik. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think you are very on point and in line with um, the modifications or the changes that need to be made for y'all to move up out of that region because it's a tough region to come out of. It is. It really is. They've, but I have, I have hope and I have expectations to put in the work. And I think you've actually coined this phrase: is that like you obviously have expectations to work hard in practice but it's not up to you to make them work hard it's it's up to them for them to show up and want to work hard and I think that's the programmatic change that we all are looking for like we have to hold a hard practice and we have to have drills that are gonna make you better but are you doing it 50 percent are you doing it 100 percent? I don't coach effort Mm-mm. never never will I um I've sent kids I've shut gyms down I don't have no yeah. problem with that go home because mm-hmm. it's it, because it's the same thing whether you're not in the gym or you're in the gym 50%. It's the exact same thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You're getting zero out of it. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, let me thank you for joining us. And let me say this. Coach was nervous before the interview. I'm going to tell you exactly what she said because I thought this was so funny. I hadn't heard this <laughs> word in a long time. She said, I don't want to sound like a dweeb. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, Coach, you'll do just fine, and you have done excellent. So thank well, you. Thank- for- Thank you for joining us, and we want to wish yourself and the Owen County program continued success in the future. Now, before we go, if mm-hmm. anyone would like to follow Miss um, Perkins and the Owen County Lady Basketball Team, um, Coach, give everyone your social media information where they can keep up with yourself and the team. So, um our Facebook page for the Lady Rebels is um, OC, OC Lady Rebels Basketball. We're also on Twitter, so you can follow us there. Um, it's been a little quiet <laughs> lately, right. but we're hoping to pick it up. Um, and then myself, I'm on Facebook, Christina Coleman Perkins. Um, Instagram, oh gosh, I don't remember. I think it's Christina C-J-A-Y. Um, and then my Twitter handle, just look up Christina Perkins. I'm sure I'll come up somewhere. I don't even, I'm bad about Twitter. I'm never on it. I never can remember my Twitter handle because I don't tweet that much. You know no. what I mean? So I can't remember them. Coach, again, thank you for joining us. Um, everyone listening, thanks for being a part of the Cyclone Nation. Please share with a friend, relative, or colleague. If you haven't already, Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and leave a review. For Christina Coleman-Perkins, I'm Coach Malik, Cyclones Podcast.